podcast all about the incredible stories of people with type 1 diabetes. I'm the host, Katie Bartell, and I have type 1 diabetes. I'm also a registered dietitian who works with people that have type 1 diabetes. I have seen and experienced the highs and lows of this disease, literally and figuratively. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease that essentially shuts down the pancreas. We produce little to no insulin and require synthetic insulin to survive, either by injection or insulin pump therapy. Those are the commonalities. Most everything else differs from person to person. This disease is not a textbook disease. There is no one-size-fits-all way of managing type 1 diabetes. That can be both challenging and exhilarating. This podcast is a place for sharing stories. It's a place for those outside the T1D community to learn of our struggles and of our successes. And it's a place for those with T1D to connect. Today, Allie Chardoff, Massachusetts native, shares her story. Although Allie herself doesn't have type 1 diabetes, she is no stranger to this disease. Her husband was diagnosed with type 1 when they first started dating literally in the first month of dating. She had a good friend with the disease around the same time, and years ago, she had a super cool camp counselor with T1D. But no amount of prior exposure could prepare her for when her now three-year-old daughter, Juliet, was diagnosed at 18 months old. I first met Allie when she was 15 years old. I was her camp counselor at Camp Kippewa in Monmouth, Maine about 20 years ago. You know, the super cool one. I remember Allie having this incredible wit and sarcasm that I loved. When Allie was in the room, everyone knew it. She remembers me as someone she could trust and confide in. She does not remember my diabetes. I had no memory of it whatsoever. And I don't know if that's because I didn't know what it was or that it was just invisible to me. For Allie, type 1 diabetes is no longer invisible. Juliet was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in February 2020. Allie recalls learning at a pediatric checkup a few weeks prior that her daughter had fallen off her growth curve, but only slightly, and that she had also grown a few inches, so it wasn't a cause for concern at that time. However, the pediatrician at the time had mentioned that she was coming of age, that I could get her tested for genetic markers through TrialNet. TrialNet provides a service that screens the risk of developing type 1 through antibody testing in relatives of people with type 1. Remember Juliet's dad, Seth, 
also has type 1. According to the American Diabetes Association, if a father has type 1, the odds of their child being diagnosed is 1 in 17. If the mother has type 1 and the child is born before mom turns 25, the odds are around 1 in 25. If the child is born when mom is 25 or older, the risk is 1 in 100. The risk doubles if either parent is diagnosed before the age of 11. And if both parents have type 1, the risk is between 1 in 4 to 1 in 10. When Juliet's pediatrician brought up TrialNet, Allie appreciated the information, but at that time she wasn't interested. Her daughter had never been ill. It wasn't something she felt that she needed to consider. But a few weeks after the checkup, Juliet started leaking through her diapers, which rarely happened previously. She stopped sleeping through the night and started screaming multiple times for water, also not normal episodes for their child. Most parents likely wouldn't pick up on these red flags right away. They might view it as sleep regression or a minor infection that would soon resolve. But for Allie and Seth, with their history of type 1, the symptoms were far too glaring to ignore. My husband and I just looked at each other and I don't know what clicked for me, but I remember saying to him, let's just test her blood sugar. And he looked at me and grabbed his meter and we tested and her blood sugars were somewhere in the high 300s, almost 400. They packed a bag and drove their daughter as fast as they could to Boston Children's Hospital. The hospital experience for parents of children newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes has not changed much over the years. Growing up, I had heard multiple times from my parents and even my older siblings about the revolving door of medical professionals, doctors, nurses, dietitians, throwing stacks of information at my family. There was no time to process. There was no time to grieve. This was our new life. For Allie, that same experience still triggers trauma. There was no let's ease into this. It was immediate education and meeting with specialist after specialist, whether that was a dietitian, a social worker, a diabetes nurse educator, endocrinologist, a regular hospitalist. It was just a revolving door of people, which was extremely overwhelming. Not a lot of time to process anything that was happening to us, but I just kept thinking to myself, this is a nightmare. It hit us like a ton of bricks. There was no easing into anything about the situation. It was a real mixed bag of how I was feeling, but mostly negative. I just couldn't wrap my head around the reality of the situation. And then I was just really sad. I couldn't believe that she was so tiny and this was happening to her. She'd never had a cold before, not a sniffle. And I remember reflecting, I would have taken all of the ear infections and all of the strep throat and anything for this to have not been our fate. I also, as a parent, just remember thinking, I don't know if I'm equipped to take care of a child with special needs, extra needs. And I felt guilty for thinking that. Even though Allie's husband had been managing his own type 1 for seven years previously, and even though Allie had been there from day one of his diagnosis, their daughter's diagnosis wasn't the same, and it didn't make it easier. There is not one similarity between the way that they manage the exact same diagnosis. They were just on such a crazy opposite end of the spectrum for when it came to diabetes management. I mean, down to the insulin that they use, when Juliet was diagnosed, Seth was on an insulin pump using rapid-acting insulin, whereas Juliet required syringes of diluted long-acting insulin because her insulin requirements at that time were so minimal that there wasn't an insulin on the market suitable to her needs. 
we were given some diluted insulin when we left the hospital, but then it was all on us to actually dilute insulin moving forward. So we had U100 insulin and then a diluent, and we had to extract insulin from the vial that it is given to you from the drug company and throw it out and then pull diluent out of a separate vial and inject it into the insulin vial. Although Julia and Seth's diabetes paths are not the same, and although having diabetes did not lessen the blow for when Juliet was diagnosed, I'm willing to bet having a daddy with the same disease is a bonus. Not only to share experiences, but also to have a strong advocate so knowledgeable in the diabetes world already. They did not want to put her on technologies like the pump or the Dexcom to begin with, but Seth had extra Dexcoms at home, brought one to the hospital, day one into diagnosis, and he said, we're not doing this without that. His advocacy in the hospital about what he knows and what he knows he needs to be successful definitely shaped the journey that we've been on with Juliet. From 24 hours past diagnosis, she's been on a Dexcom, and that has been an absolute game changer in itself for a young child who isn't able to say, I feel funny, my blood sugar's low, I'm cranky, my blood sugar's high. She still doesn't quite have the language to articulate whether she's high or she's low, but we use a cell phone for her receiver and when that beeps, she says, is that me? Am I low? Do I need a glucose tab or some juice? So she's definitely getting to a place where she can recognize sounds. It's becoming part of who she is. Seth also switched to an Omnipod insulin pump when Juliet was started on Omnipod. Part of that was an intentional move on his part so they could wear the same technology and she could have somebody else in the house that could say, hey, we both have it on our arm or do you want to see where mine is? It's on my belly today. with type 1 diabetes is not easy. There are a multitude of challenges parents must face, but raising a toddler with type 1 diabetes is another layer of challenges altogether. Julia is still growing her communication skills. She can't adequately express why she might not feel right. When she has a meltdown, her parents have to consider, is this a typical toddler tantrum or is it due to blood sugar drama? And then there's mealtimes. The biggest struggle around mealtime for us right now is when she's hungry, she's hungry now. We also try to give her insulin 15 or so minutes ahead of time so that it has time to, to warm up. We learned really fast that carbs are a lot faster than insulin. And so we need that for her because she's quite sensitive to food and the insulin's a little slow in comparison. She's a typical toddler in that you put something in front of her, she's specifically asked for it, and she wants something else. The second that she sees what she's asked for, I've gotten really good at saying, oh, just give her insulin for 30 carbs, and then we'll back into the meal, and I can sort of eyeball how many strawberries she would have, and you know how much chicken, or whatever the meal makeup is. For this family, flexibility, individuality, and being okay with imperfection is key to their daughter's optimal diabetes management and to both their daughter's and their family's overall physical and mental health. 
I try to not put this perfect image of what this should be or what she should be and allow us some wiggle room there because striving for this unattainable number when she's just unpredictable as a human being in all sorts of ways that would really dampen the experience that we've had so far. That's sort of the mindset that my husband and I both have. It's a evolving process for us. So what advice would Allie give to other parents of children newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes? Don't compare your journey to anyone else's. There's too many factors that play into the whole situation that you don't have control over. And if you start comparing, it's going to heighten negative feelings that you have about the situation that you're in. And then celebrate the successes. They will come slowly. The biggest thing is think about today. Don't think about, oh my goodness, she has high blood sugar. What are the horrible side effects she's going to have in however many years from now? Because it is one meal it's one moment it is a small experience and while it may feel really intense for you right then and there they're brushing it off and moving forward you can learn a lot from little people listening to Allie there were so many times in our conversation where I was nodding my head or bulging out my eyes with relatable experiences and there were so many times where I was smiling and awe inspired by how she and her husband have included and managed type 1 into their family's lives I did have the fortune of seeing little Juliet pop onto the video screen early into our conversation. A happy, curious child that by all accounts seemed to be completely unencumbered by this disease as of yet. A lot of that, I am sure, is due to the flexible relationship and direction that her parents have taken with her diabetes management. I want to thank Allie for sharing her story, the first of many more to be shared on this podcast. Until next time, T1D community, stay happy, stay safe. I'm Katie Bartell.